Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Event Brew. Event Brew. Man, I love that little uh, the backdrop there. That's great. <laughs> Event Brew. Event Brew. Been watching too much Peacemaker. That's why. Oh man, that opening. Uh, that's what we need. We need a. We need an opening where we're dead faced and dancing. Uh, <laughs> that'll bring you in. Uh, it, it's funny. Like, not, huge digression immediately. That uh, show. Uh, it's something as a marketer really resonated with me. Uh, James Gunn, who directs that show, says what really annoys me is that there's a an opportunity to skip the intro. Uh, in every television show, so I made the unskippable intro, and I thought I've watched to my, it a couple times now. Yeah, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, how much of us in you know in marketing or even experiences, like we should have that thing. I'm like, all right, what if we create something that is unskippable or unmissable, or like what if, what if it came from that perspective? I was like, man, it really it was inspiring. I was like, I like that. He just came from that place, so uh, you know, you never know where you find something that's kind of. Well, that's our episode for today, everyone. Yeah. Uh, make some part of your events unskippable. <laughs> unskippable. See, you all la- see you all later. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, well, that was an easy one, man. All right. So let's uh, put our feet up. Oh, we should probably do the, the full. Do, do the full intro. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Event Brew, uh, it's a two-man uh, crew uh, this time, but that's all right. Uh, we got a lot of energy. We're pumped up. It's, uh, it's the start of a, a short week uh, from us. So uh, my name is Nick Borelli with All Seated. This is Will Kern from Endless Events. Will, what sort of tea are you consuming? Ooh, well, you know it's tea for sure. But yeah. uh, t- today uh, I was nice enough that someone brought me an iced matcha from Ooh. Starbucks. Um, and it's got oat milk. So oatly, you know, got to yep. continue to – I I will disclose I am an investor in oatly. Um, yes. <laughs> but you, um, you know what's interesting? I, I really like the matcha from – it's the only thing I can drink from Starbucks even though – it is by far the most unhealthy matcha you can find because it's already sweetened. Ooh, tell me um, more. <laughs> versus like, oh, because like matcha itself is really healthy. It's just ground up green tea leaves and boom, you put it in. It's, you know, it's not got, it's got like almost no sweetness to it. So theirs has a little bit of sweetener to it, but you know, it's it, it's good. It's just I've it had delicious and... like matcha before, and my, my feeling is always like, um, and I'm not even a big drinker, but I, it tastes like something that would be really good in a cocktail. You know, like oh, interesting. Like I don't know why. I just feel yeah, like I think I think it depends. I don't know. I guess it doesn't depend because I've literally been trying to I don't like show matcha cocktails. to so many different people. So most people don't like it. But yeah, I mean, supporting Starbucks today and you know drinking some matcha, supporting, supporting sure. your local Starbucks, local yeah. Starbucks. Hey, I, I, I'm not, I'm down with Starbucks. These I used to hate, especially when like they first came out. I was like, no, it's all about support oh. the local coffee shop. But now I'm like, you know, to be honest, that's one of the few places I can consistently get what I need really quickly. I came around on Starbucks too. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody probably yelling at their their uh, device, but uh, which was <laughs> likely just as corporate as uh, Starbucks is. So good luck with that. But I uh, I used to work in a coffee shop. Uh, I, I had as many as three jobs at one point, and at that point I was working for a catering company and working for a coffee shop 
because uh, I could do that from five in the morning until eleven in the morning. And I, uh, <laughs> they put a Starbucks, uh, first one in the city that I uh, was, uh, you know, living in at the time. First one ever, right across the street, and just oh my gosh, crush the business. So, <laughs> there was a point in my life where I'm like, oh, I literally saw it, you know, happen. Uh, and then over time, I was like, you know what? The fact that, and maybe this is the part where maybe I'm uh, a corporate shill. Um, the fact that, like, how they generally speaking treat their their um, employees, the benefits, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have beef with Starbucks. I think there's better targets, frankly, if you if you're that kind of person that has to go after a corporation. For sure. I for feel sure. like they they don't do people that bad. You know, fair trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Great benefits for part-time employees, like you know. Well, they do have all this like union stuff going sure. around, and I, sure. you hear, but like you know, I, I I like occasionally go check out the anti-work subreddit, which is a great <laughs> way to feel very feel like a terrible, Whew. like either feel like a really good boss or feel like oh my gosh, the world's going to crumble upon you. Um, but uh, occasionally I hear about those, but. You know, one, this is one fact that's mainly local here to Arizona. As most people know, is that Starbucks has a partnership with Arizona State University, my alma mater, and they literally give free college to any one of their employees. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, so it's like Walmart doesn't do that. So, uh, you know, if you're going to, uh, for me, it's like if you're going to pick your enemies. I, I, there's other enemies that are more obvious, or Amazon or a few other ones. But huge digression, anyways. Uh, what, what do you got in your cup? Uh, voting with your wallet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I'm drinking uh, a uh, uh, spin drift, which is something, uh, a flavored water that I got from Starbucks. Uh, that's mm. like Starbucks has them all the time. I didn't get this one from there, but that's where I got turned on from that brand. And now it's my uh, bubbly's out. It's my exclusive uh, flavored water of choice. I think I have. Ooh five flavors in my refrigerator now um nice thing about where i live now is i have multiple kitchens and multiple refrigerators and uh (laughs) (laughs) and you don't you just have to leave the door open and it'll stay cold for you yeah that's the other thing so i had to move i I had some stuff in my in my garage and i literally had to move it out because it was freezing it's negative (laughs) negative 10 tonight so oh my uh, gosh and it's uh uh, it's 68 degrees here i'm wearing shorts and t-shirt that sounds uh, yeah, cold for your for your place. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cold day today, actually. It was like 74 over the weekend and I was sweating it up. Um, hot, and, <laughs> hot and cold, that's how I've been feeling about events lately uh, as well, the segue good into tra- things. Good transition, yeah. You actually uh, had a really good topic for today, and I thought it was very – it's very much like relates directly to you. You have experience in this, and you know, yeah. we, we talk a lot about it as planners, but you don't almost ever get to hear the opinion of a exhibitor and this is this one's this one's real personal to you and you said something along the lines of like this is the first time it's ever made you switch in the events industry like me feel kind of yeah you know so like uh i mean uh, it should be fairly obvious i I mean i've I've only worked in the events industry since i was a teenager i'm I'm very committed to the events industry it's like i want to start this off with a big disclosure you know asterisks all that fun stuff is about to get negative after this but um I believe in live events. Uh, I believe in uh, uh, virtual events. I believe in face-to-face. I believe in all those things. Bringing people together definitely works. However, uh, if I, I have a lot of hats to put on, right? So I am, I'm an event professional, sure. Uh, I am a marketer. Uh, I am a person who has planned events. I've been on planning teams, and I've also been a sponsor and an exhibitor many times at events. So I've been on you know almost all the sides. I mean, I certainly attend a lot of events too. So I I, I like that I have spent a lot of time uh, in all of the roles. It helps me with empathy. It helps me with a lot of things. And empathy is what I want to get into uh, for you, uh, uh, everyone listening to this this time is is to hear the pain that I'm about to tell you. Uh, and and put it through a filter of I, I am voicing the things that you're probably not hearing. So it's this. 
I, I attend an event, uh, I, I exhibit at an event over the last, let's call it two years, and uh, attendance is down. That's a given. That's uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's that's the state of it. And you're not talking about one specific event. You're talking about nope. almost all, multiple events that nope. you've been doing. This is this is definitely not. A, this is not a me trying to like hold my tongue and not say the the event I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about a lot of events that I've been a part of. Uh, the majority. And uh, the problem is, is that as an exhibitor, you are. You're sold an opportunity. I, I've worked for trade shows before, and I, I very much believe this. You don't sell a uh, a solution necessarily. You don't sell a given. You sell an opportunity, opportunity to do business. However, the amount of money that someone pays you uh, is is based around the idea of a, at least a range of of deliverables, right? So it's not it's not a sure thing. Like if I invest my money as a marketer into Google. To a degree, in the top line, or depending on what we want to look, or we want to aim at, there are some black and white deliverables that I will be able to get. You know, impressions. I pretty much guarantee that I'm paying for all the impressions. That I know what I'm going to get uh, out of it. I, my money is going to be invested. I know what I'll get out of it. I don't necessarily know the closers for sure. I don't necessarily know how many will be, you know, truly valid MQLs, but. Ultimately, I will know impressions. So that that feels like a good transaction no matter what. The rest of it's on me, and that's why it's an opportunity, not a given. So what's your beef with events? My events beef is that when you tell me that there's going to be 10,000 people, 2,000 people, 3,000 people, and I get 25% of that. Like 1,000 people show up or 500 and I, and 200 people. people show up instead of 1,000, I'm not whole. I, I was, it was a bait and switch. Uh, and the reality is, in, in the world we're in right now, uh, the reason I'm mad about this, so I, I, many people are hearing this as planners and are going, uh, yeah, how are we supposed to know? How, do we, how are we supposed to know, you know who's going to come to our event? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Cool. I, I, I'll, I'll meet you there. Here's my problem. My problem is, is that you know you didn't deliver on that. And you know that you sold with the range pretty hard. And you said that this is going to happen. Give me your money. Trust us. And then it didn't happen. It is, if anyone who b- really believes in customer service, it is on, incumbent on you to be proactive and go and say, hey, look, we didn't get what we said we would. You know, we, you know, we know the reason why it was COVID. It was all these things outside of our control. But you know what? Let's talk about it. I want you to be a partner for a long time. I want to figure out what makes you, uh, you know, a whole on this one. And here's the key part for me is that in 2022, 2021, there are so many opportunities to give sponsors value in other ways that if you put all of your eggs in one basket and that basket does not deliver and you didn't do anything about it, that's on you. That's on you for not being creative. That's not caring. All of that is, for me, I believe, pretty unforgivable. So I'm looking at events that don't try to make up what they said. And I'm not talking like 30%, even 25%. I'm saying like huge percent. The majority of the people that they said would show up did not. Uh, and you're left with a small fraction and you're supposed to you know, be able to use that uh, for your needs. And you know that. You know that. And then here's the kicker. Here's the, here's the salt in the wound that got me really upset. Ooh. I got a series of these emails over the course of the last year and a half where at the end of it they said congratulations everybody we did it because you get these atten- you get these as attendees as well uh, an exhibitor you don't get a special email that's something separate so you just get it as an attendee and it's just, we did it we had the show the show went on and I'm like wait what are you celebrating like you <laughs> celebrated that you took our money uh, that you have it that you were able to accomplish your event that you feel good about it but what about me what about the person that actually paid for your event 
not from the attendee standpoint, from the exhibition standpoint, I did not get the thing I was promised, right? So it, it isn't, this isn't a, a touchdown uh, celebration dance. This, this should be like, hey, let's, let's have some humility. Uh, let's, you know, let's come at this with, uh, you know, uh, as an opportunity for transparency. None of that. It's just like a celebratory, we did it. But like, what, you didn't do anything for me. So that, that's my beef. And I'm looking at my, my calendar year. I'm looking at investments. And I have to be able to uh, report to you know uh, a team, to investors. I need to be able to say, uh, look, I, I used your money uh, towards our mutual goals uh, in, the, in the way that I believed was the best possible way to do that. Uh, and I have to be able to stand up there and say, you know, some of them are wins, some of them are not. But ultimately, we've learned from that, uh, the, the ones that weren't wins, and we're going we're gonna to go in a direction towards that. I'm telling you, live events were not the wins. Oh. So, 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 so when you say live events and in-person events, right? Yep. Um, it, did this all – did you feel the same way about virtual and – I I did not choices? because uh, it, it really just comes down to what I was sold. You know, for so for the virtual events, uh, I, I have not seen a a stark diminished um, expectation uh, versus reality. You know, so uh, in those, that's really my my main beef isn't the fact that it is an in person event. My main beef is is that I was sold a uh, I was you know I signed a contract based around an expected. Amount of attendance and it didn't it didn't happen and the, the, that's not the unforgivable part for me. Again, the unforgivable part is you didn't try afterwards because you know you know you didn't hit your mm-hmm. mark and and like I've been in so many situations with companies before where I've I've worked on events uh, and they didn't they didn't live up to all the expectations from from one stakeholder to the other and every single time I've been in that experience because I think we all have uh, I, I've learned very early that if you are proactive about it and you address it and you are transparent about it, that the relationship can not only be salvaged, but sometimes ends up being stronger, but not Mm. talking about it and just hoping and, you know, I'm going to wait six months and ask you for more money again for the next time for the next gamble uh, that you already lost on. I mean, like, why would I work with you? Yep. I totally agree. Well, what's interesting to me too, is that like, like my big preach that I've been giving about exhibitors and biz tip I've been giving is to work with exhibitors who get this new landscape that we're in, right? That who get the idea that, you know, what it means to be a, to use an event as a digital marketing asset rather than an in-person one. And Nick, you're one of the few people I think I can confidently say, I know you get it, right? You know that like, hey, I'm going to use this event to drive people towards, you know, our website and convert and try out the product. You know, like you're going to think about all those things and you're not going to think about just, oh, hey, did I actually being there to be there or, yeah, you yeah. know, all the soft metric stuff. Like I'm not into that. Uh, I think there is there's a very small percentage of that that's true, but the reality is everyone offers that. I I have to even if I don't report to anybody, even if it's my money for my need, and I'm not, I'm just a maverick. I do my due diligence to be able to say that I, I invested in something that makes sense, simply because I want to be able to do more of it if it works. Uh, yeah. Or less of it than it doesn't. And, and then there are other things that work. Like it's it's what responsible people do with money is that they put it in places that it does the most for them. Uh, and I think that a lot of event people like hope that this is some sort of like charity or, or, or cause. And the reality is when, when you when I just wear my hat as a as a marketer uh, or an exhibitor, it's it's business put in, get out. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a range there. I'm not like completely, you know, thinking that this is like some kind of like simple math equation. I understand there is a range and I understand there's variables. But what I've never had until like the last two years is so many more opportunities, in my opinion, from the other side to give me value that they're not utilizing. And that's where I think virtual comes in. If I'm planning something, like you want to know the good side of it, like what could they have done uh, to make well, me feel good? Well, let, let, we'll get to that. I want to get to solutions. I have those. <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll go solutions on what we can They're do, not but, hard. <laughs> but but I, think the, I think the point that I was trying to make, though, is that like you're one of these people who gets it, and I've been preaching about this. And if he, Nick is the person who gets it, and for anyone who doesn't hasn't heard one of my presentations recently, it's the idea that I believe is you take the people who get it that understand – digital events and everything like that is a marketing asset in order to drive back to the website and add value into the event with almost no desire to get anything back immediately. But they know that by putting that value in, they're going to get traffic and leads and things like that back and take those people and ask them to spend more money on sponsors and ask the people who are over there demanding so much and are just angry that, you know, they're not getting as much leads and people aren't buying as much, right? Like, take those people spend less money. Like, Nick's a great example of someone who gets it. If he's feeling in this way that, the events are not live and in-person experiences are not fulfilling what they need to do. And then most importantly, where I see this being the biggest issue is that no one ever has the hard conversation at the end. And I get it, right? Like my personality is very much conflict adverse. I love people. I love hanging out Same. with people, right? You know, like I do have a dominant side where I can be an asshole. But um, but my, my main side is I like taking care of people and, you know, helping them and helping them work through their problems and stuff. But it, it leads to conflict aversion. But like in a lot of ways too, like, you know, I'm betting that most of this, and this is what my question, I guess my next question is, how many of these organizations, whether or not anything went good or bad, let's say maybe these ones that had good examples, how many planners and how many event management companies actually sit down with their sponsors afterwards and have like an hour long, like open air debrief? Right. They just kind of like you like you said, they they ghost them. Maybe you get a couple of follow up emails. You're you saying, hey, where's my leads list? Where's where or you know, where, where's my where's this or, you know, whatever it may be. Or maybe you, you're going to give them feedback. But it feels like it's very much on the exhibitor to give that feedback. In reality, it's like the same way like us at Endless debrief with all of our clients, even if everything went perfectly. Or even if everything went completely crap, we always do it because we want to hear that feedback and just have that open call to do that. And I think that 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 sounds like something that might be missing from this process too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm built similar to you in as much as that. Like I've, I get I got into events because I'm a people pleaser because I like people. Uh, I don't like to be. I didn't, you know, become a. A lawyer who's like, well, let's see who gets the kids, uh, the father, the the mom or like, you know, a doctor. It's like, I'm sorry, but your loved ones passed. Like I do fun stuff. Like I bring mm-hmm. people together. I got into a job because that's what I'm built for. I'm not necessarily built for being an argumentative jerk all the time. So um, I'm telling you that like there's probably a lot of people like me that are exhibitors that like I don't really want to be conf- confrontational. I'm just not going to call you back. Yeah. And, and and like if you think that you're like, look, if, if this exhibitor, if he's got a problem, why didn't he just call them up and say, uh, I had a problem with what you delivered? It's like, well, no, like I'm I'm the customer. Uh, you took my money. You understood what the range was on that contract. I'm sure that it's not a surprise to you what that number is. I'm sure you know it very well. Uh, and you knew that you didn't remotely hit that, uh, even if and that's like in the worst case scenario. I think that that's still like kind of like medium grade customer relationships at, or customer uh, relations at best. 
what what Will's saying is the act, the actual right way to do it, which is no matter what, you have that conversation because if it's a win, you should celebrate the win with your uh, client, and then that's an opportunity to grow with them, to you know, to to form stronger bonds. There there is a there's zero reason why uh there, there's no loss whatsoever in, in, in having that conversation if they don't like you if they're mad at you it gives you the opportunity to potentially salvage that if you find value in them and i think that's the key part is it finding value versus just expecting you know like taking them for granted um that's the worst feeling is that you felt you felt like you're taking for granted like you took my money you celebrated the fact that you were able to do your event uh, that it went off quote unquote uh, but you didn't meet my object, my, uh, my objectives, which, you know, that's what fuels your business is yeah. is outside stakeholders having objectives that that you facilitate. And again, I'm very, I think, very fair in the fact that I've sat on the other side. I have literally sold booths to people uh, for a couple different shows, and I've done it on the promise of we provide excellent opportunities for you to do business. And my and you saying me getting it like that's from a standpoint on the other side of as a marketer, I know that if this if this I'm in this range, I know what my cost per acquisition is. I know what my closing rate is. And the rest of it is just, you know, like the how good is it? You know, like does my cost per acquisition go down uh, from my my base? Does my uh, you know conversion rate go up? If those things happen, then it's even better of a deal. But I, when I go in with a certain expectation that this isn't something I'm making a mavericky decision with and just saying good event i've always done it let's do it again or uh it says something if i'm not there or all those like things that so many businesses do that i think are really like not sustainable business practices not um i don't know what's the word like not professional (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i I just think there's so many people that operate from that and i think those people you'll probably maybe get until one day you don't because they're not basing their business off of, uh, you know, solid metrics. So, like, ultimately, if they're getting by, they're getting by in spite of their bad business practices. <laughs> but you want to do business with the people that run their business as well, that yeah. are smart, because, you know, they're open for new ideas. Like someone, like, the other day, uh, you know, it was in a conversation where someone, they're like, uh, you just, you know, purchased the sponsorship. Uh this package and it was $40,000. Like, what did you buy for $40,000? I'm like, I didn't buy anything for $40,000. I bought something. I, I bought, um, $75 uh, cost per acquisition, which is like something like 90% less than my normal cost per acquisition. So to me, I don't even care. Like if I would have spent 60, if I could have, you know, it, it, it matters more about the, the actual reality of the situation, not how much I spend. I think a lot of people who are not in that mindset, like they say, well, I only have $10,000 to give, uh, so I better do it in a, you know, I better put it on this. It's like, no, I don't think about things like that at all. I think about this bottom line metric. What are my, what's my cost per acquisition? Uh, what's my budget, you know, wherewithal? And I'll put it on anything that has the best opportunity to have the lowest cost per acquisition. But if it's all based on numbers that are like only happening 10% of what I'm told, then I'm really doubling down on mistakes. Yeah. And and that that's the part that's unforgivable is the fact that I'm like, well, it's such a wide gap. Like it's yeah, not even it's a huge gap. Really I've had some huge gaps. Uh, I, I, again, I feel like I'm really – I feel very, very generous. I can't imagine most exhibitors are people who have spent their lives like volunteering with event industry associations, promoting live events. Like I love live events. And the fact that I'm saying that I'm like I'm very weary of investing in them currently yeah. uh, should give people pause, you know, like use yeah. use that and say, geez, like uh, I haven't heard anything from from my exhibitors. I'm like, yeah, that's a problem. 
You know, it, it's not what they're saying. It's what they're not saying, not saying. or it, be proactive. Yeah, that's such a good point. So, okay, so we so we started a little bit like down the solutions route and let's maybe, you know, I think we at this point we either freaked out someone so much to the point where they probably <laughs> tuned out or they're angrily disagreeing with us. Head in sand if, or... By the way, if you are angrily disagreeing with us right now and you're like, no, my vendors are, or my exhibitors are getting great or it's not my fault COVID, it's not my fault COVID, I'm yeah. taking all that. For sure. That too, but, as a but send, us an email, send us an email. But let's go into solution solutions land. So we started teasing a little bit of one, but one solution obviously is just have a conversation with your exhibitors at the end of your show. No matter whether it's in COVID, whether you have a hundred percent retention time for your exhibitors or not, you need to at least have one single conversation with them in the end. And I get it. It's going to suck. You're going to have some where they yell at you, but guess what? Like you don't remember the ones where they yell at you. You, 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 it feels bad in the moment. You get a hug from your significant other afterwards. After By the way, meeting and they're, they're saying bad things about you right now if you don't have those conversations with you yeah. for, for a longer period of time. If you were to do that right then, they stop saying bad things about you. Like no one says, I had this big problem with they didn't deliver on it, this and that. And then they called me up and tried to work it out. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Right. Like it stops there. They stop bad mouthing you. They stop. They might. You might not be able to. Although I, I'm a creative person, so I, I think there's absolutely dozens of solutions. But you might not have a solution for them, but they their anger level will go from yeah. being uh, like negative word of mouth to just not your client anymore. And that's, you know, like when you talk about word of mouth and its power, it works both ways. That's true. At, at the very least, you have someone who's not an enemy, not somebody out there poisoning, you know, uh, you know what you do because they're like, look, I didn't get what I was said, but they manned up and – they talk to me and what, people people respect that. And I want to also tell you this, as doing this for like the last you know, year or so, no one else is calling for the bad news. So you will stand yeah. out. They'll have two other experiences and you'll be the least bad one. Yeah. So, that, so that's a great example is just have the conversation. And then I think other, other ways too is sometimes the solutions, I think this is another tip I would give, is sometimes the solutions are a lot easier than you think they are, right? They might say like, look, this wasn't really made whole. I didn't feel really good about this. But you say like, look – you know, I don't really have a huge budget on it. You know, COVID's going on. I have raised, I think everyone's going to get totally understand what can we do that's at low cost or no cost? Can we do a webinar with your, with your audience, right? Like it's throwing off some solutions, right? Like you, the solution might be easier than you think it is. It's not like, I think everyone thinks the solution that's going to come back is Nick's going to come to you and say, I want my $50,000 back. Never now. once thought I was going to get my money back. That, yeah. that, that, that actually, until you just said that, I never even crossed your mind. Nope. Yeah. Never crossed my mind. I, there you I, go. I, there. I, I spend money. I don't get it back. I, I, <laughs> I understand that. And I don't give it back generally either. Uh, I never had to because I've always been able to be, you know, pretty, you know, creative in that and, and having relationships where, you know, like, look, if I make a mistake, I'll offer it, I suppose. But I generally offer I have a th- couple things in my, you know, uh, quiver and I'm like, Here, here's some things we can do. Which one? Because ultimately they wanted to do business with you at one point. Uh, they liked a lot of what you had to say. Like that's that's 95% there. And then not delivering on it, especially with circumstances like this, generally speaking of why the attendance is down on these things, it's very forgivable. You know, totally. I, I, I don't expect I, – I, I have a bunch of different ideas. Zero of them are giving money back. Uh, all of them really come in the fact that right now there are so many more – opportunities for impressions, for lead generation, all the things that an exhibitor ultimately wants. Ultimately, an exhibitor wants branding opportunities. They want lead generation. Uh, 
or frankly, there are super, super easy things that are that are laser focused versus shotgun where you have someone that you have a business relationship with. It's like, look, can I introduce you to somebody? You know, is there someone I could set you up with that would be um, your ideal client? You know, like I can really, you know, create an oppor- like a nice opportunity yeah, for you, you to go. get together. Like there are there are really inexpensive, really low lift things. Even the gesture would put you probably way above your competition as far as like how people handle this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, on, there was instances where it was like a certain percentage of. Uh, you know, like I got like 25% of what I was sold. Uh, but if someone were to say, hey, you know, like there's this who of our guest list, uh, who's the top like three people that you'd want like a really oh, warm boom. introduction yeah. with? I'd be like, that's- done deal. Because some of those shows, all I need is like two two good leads and I'm, yeah. I'm good. Boom. Yeah, that's such a great example. And, and, and here's how easy that is, too. You don't have to like give them the list of people or anything like that. You literally hop on a screen share and you say, I'll show you the whole list of all the companies. Yep. You say who you want and I'll make an introduction. And I'm sure as the, the planner to say, like, look, as an attendee, one of our exhibitors really wanted to meet you. I would be open to hearing that conversation as an attendee, too, because it's like, yeah, I know it's I, I'm happy to help. Um, hey, yeah. What if you said that? What if you say, hey, you know, our, our attendance is really down. You know, you, you came. That was really great. Or you, you sign up or whatever. Um, so we're, we're trying to do with our partners, you know, to uh, thank them for being a part of, you know, uh, our community while it was, you know, going through one of its harder times. We're we're pairing them up with people we think are the best matches. Uh, and we're going to create this opportunity to do that. That is like really low risk and fun and whatever. I, it's like super simple. Like if I'm getting that, I'm like, yeah, sure. Put me on the, you know, let me talk to these people. That's interesting. You know, I don't get that kind of thing all the time. It's not spammy. However, don't, don't be the spammy person who sends out and sends out. Oh my gosh, you didn't get value. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, spam oh. email you allow you to email spam every attendee. Right. So like, I had that. Yeah. That's the worst. So this year. Uh, so one of the ones it was, it was something like they got like 20% of what they told me. Uh, and, uh, and I was like primed. I was like, oh, boy, this is, you know, the whole time. I'm in the booths, by the way, this entire time talking to, you know, uh, dust and, uh, you know, uh, crickets. And uh, so I'm it's hours of that stuff. Not not exactly my best uh, patience time. And <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had this deal where suffice to say it was additional sponsorship. And that part of it really, really under delivered, like by an absurd amount. And they shut the event down two hours early. Like I came back after our sponsorship part, which was going to drive people to a booth. And then we saw union hands rolling stuff up. And I was like, oh, boy, you know, and I was with senior senior management and, you know, just not happy. So I went back and said, so this is black and white. This isn't a contract. There's a time for this. You know, the rest of it, you know, you're going to hide behind COVID and all those other things and uh, whatever. Uh, But you still you still knew even a week ahead of time that the numbers weren't going to be there and you didn't say anything. So uh, whatever. But I need something for this because this is this is bad. You know, like you cut time out and we looked kind of dumb. And uh, the guy was like, well, we'll just give you the guest list like it. Like, and oh I was my like, God. I'm like, did they opt in? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, I can't even like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, like just just you, I was like, you me. could send an email on our behalf, like, I guess. Or you could ask for an opt in. Or, or some other thing like that. I'm like, trust me, I kind of want the emails, but on the other hand, like, it, they're not good to me if they're not, you know. Yeah, right. It's like it's worth like in. ten cents on a dollar, basically at that point. Yeah, it's 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 just illegitimate. Like, I have a thing with like buying. I don't buy lists. Yeah, don't buy know? lists, anyone. Don't uh, buy lists. I've been in lots of situations with lots of thirsty 
you know, business owners as a consultant where I'm like, no, it sounds, it sounds good, but you're, you're starting off a relationship with a on a bad foot. So think about it like that. Uh, but anyways, but yeah, I was like, oh man, like that's so lazy. Like, you know, like I didn't even ask for that much, you know, like that's, that, that actually hurts you. Uh, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for simple things, you know, like, look, like the guest list thing I think is, is super easy to do. Find me a couple people, make me a relationship. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking mostly on in the era of digital events, it is so inexpensive to host another event uh, or a series of events where you diversify uh, what your portfolio and you have multiple ways that a sponsor could do that. I think that's first off should be the way we do events because yeah. it gives you more value for your and it makes your partners not somebody you talk to once a year, but somebody you deal with all year. Well, good, well, good example. So we talk a lot about how the like big trend is like the community model, right? Mm-hmm. And how everybody's wanting to move toward. If you move your events more towards a community model and your sponsorships and your exhibitors towards more of a year-long sponsorship, which, by the way, we'll leave a link to like we did a whole Event Icons episode about this before. Community model was all huge. But like one of the greatest things is when you get your sponsors on for an annual contract, yeah, it sounds like way more pressure. I have to make them happy on every single event. But there's so much time to recover too. And that's why like these companies, these SaaS companies also want you to sign up for an annual contract is that you might be pissed, but if you're doing month to month or one single event, it's really easy to get out but when you're doing annual you almost invest and you're like i want to make this work i want this to be better um along here too so you know if you're really struggling with this too consider the community model and consider you know making your partners a little bit more long term yeah it's their expectations might be a little higher but you have this opportunity to say well you know you're around for us for a whole year why don't we do a webinar and let's do this you know that we don't normally you know give you the title sponsorship on the webinar We'll give it to you for this one. In fact, we'll bring one of your people on. We'll make it really good content. We'll be about some big pain point that you have. And boom, like, oh, okay, great. There's so many, I mean, there's so many more avenues for, uh, you know, them to be, to to reach their goals when you have more spots for them to do it. And if, if not, what you're doing is you're saying in a volatile market, in a volatile world, uh, ripe with disruption, that you're going to put all of your expectations all of your 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 whole business uh on the line for one day you know i mean think of the things that can happen you know all the things that can happen there 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 could happen they probably will happen uh, yeah. at this point like just go with you know something that you at least go in with plan like the one thing that planners are really good at at is they're really good from a logistical way of thinking about okay now if this plan doesn't work then we go to plan two plan three but from a strategic vantage point and from a sponsorship standpoint, it's all or nothing. You know, it's either you, your show was good for you or it wasn't. Uh, you know, if if this doesn't happen, if it doesn't deliver, then, you know, it's on you. All of those things or the education, like the fact that like most exhibitors don't get an education going into your show, how to best use it. I mean, that's one of the things I used to do as a consultant was um, the smarter shows. Like they would tr- do training uh, with exhibitors. And 100% tell- should yeah, Definitely. like all those things are, are investments in a relationship. And, uh, you know, those are opportunities for you to, uh, you know, stand out. I think the bar is really low. That's the other big win is all these things I'm telling you, I think are really simple. And also no one's doing them, you know, yeah. like they're not. It just shocks me that no one even was having conversations with you after the show. Blows my mind. They just come back for more money. You know, the only the only email I get is maybe two months later. You know, it's it's an actual wound at that point. And, uh, you know, it's 
what I don't get, it's funny, like, so I, I've worked for a lot of events where I've instituted uh, post-event surveys uh, where they're automatically sent at the, the minute at the completion of the event. It's all automated. It's in the, system, it's in the CRM. Uh, a survey hits them immediately. It actually it hits that and it hits the lead of internally uh, as well. And both of those things are filled out. And I have conditional automation in that and the ones that I've designed where if they rank one out of five on any of these things, depending on whose world that is, if it was in the sales experience, if it was in the experience of the event, if it was the you know the marketing potentially, who knows, then it would go to the leadership uh, of that division uh, so they would be able to get it immediately, like literally the minute after that event. And then they would have the opportunity to instantly email that person back and say, hey, I know it's late or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I saw this thing happen. I read over it and I want to you know uh, circle back with you as soon as possible because i want to make sure they do this right boom it it, it is like every time i've instituted that it has made a huge difference in customer relations because they're like oh i actually you know i already have a meeting about this in the books like this is going to be resolved and they they feel good it's not three days building up to anger of like how they're going to explode on you it's it's a whole other you know uh, feeling of like oh they're on top of this they're aware they're organized this is a priority. You know, I talked to their VP of the, it's, it's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, I think surveys are so powerful and so easy now. And, you know, talking about like surveys and like also another tip that I'd have for everybody is that, you know, um, and I learned this actually from Zappos when I was down there is that they said that it wasn't ever the like people that they just blew away, made super happy. They said the people that became the lifetime customers and the ones that were even more loyal than ever were the service recoveries. Yeah. And that in service recoveries, that was everything. So, you know, we talk about this, like if you don't have conversations, if you're not surveying your, your exhibitors, you know, you, you need to start doing this stuff so you can identify them and then work to figure out what they can do. And you might end up building a deeper relationship with them. Um, I definitely love the survey idea too about like now it's so easy to get an alert immediately in Slack. Like we have it set up at Endless that we have customer surveys flying around all the time and we immediately get notified on the results so we can work to fix it immediately or to praise it and celebrate it internally when it's positive. Um, but one of the coolest – Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah the, the, it's funny. Like in the certain ones too, if there's fives uh, in the same way, it's not as necessarily immediate. And yeah. uh, in how it's dealt with, obviously, but um, we we I've you know set up systems too for both. They're used for uh, marketing to be able to use them as testimonials and quotes and automation to get them to you know do a, a review on third party review sites, but also for HR to know like mm-hmm. when someone's name is being used. Like you know like there's there's ways to conditionally do that as well. And I've had uh, uh, systems in place where. Uh, I, I don't know. I've done this whole thing where I used to even do scratch cards. So we had this whole system of like in the moment, um, uh, per show, and then like monthly ways to like recognize when uh, uh, team members have been, you know, given excellent service. Uh, but like the in the moment ones, uh, I had all management. We I, I made scratch cards, and then we had them in our pockets, and we would give them out to you know people, and then they could get like different prizes for them. Cause oh, that's cool. Sort of fun. Well, a, a good point of this too is that like if you're doing surveys as well. Not only does it allow you to get that instant feedback too, but you can also gather more information along with that survey too, right? Same reason why we serve, we talk about surveying attendees, but yeah, it's just definitely it's, you see it's trends. Mind. Yeah, that you, you don't see it, that you're not seeing it immediately, you're not notified to it immediately, so you don't really know. But one definitely big tip I'll give to everybody too is I got so they talk about like buyer's journey design, right, and building out like a 
buyer's journey map. And if you're really looking for some free time and you really want to improve your experience, you're building an attendee journey map, right? And build an exhibitor journey map. And then what you need to do is identify where are the points where you can, the, that the exhibitor is most stressed out or most likely that you can let them down in some ways, right? Yep. So for example, we survey every single one of our clients after they've been given their proposal, right? Because we want feedback. Did we build the proposal the right way? Did we do all that sort of stuff, right? Then even, then when we win or lose a deal, we always survey them afterwards. Like, why did you not choose to go with us? Well, how was the process of working with us, right? It lets us know how it is. But, you know, you're, you're talking, we're talking mainly about like post-event feedback, but you also need to like do this along the way leading up. So for example, you, like you said, we all knew going into it that we might have low attendance, and imagine that you as an exhibitor get in a notification saying, hey, I want to survey you. How are you feeling going into the show? How do you think things are going to go? Get if this. Co- Not to interrupt you too much. Yeah, get yeah, this. Yeah. That, that email goes out. It, it's two weeks before the show. You're at 10% sign up. You know you're not going to get the 90%. You email all of your exhibitors and say, hey, guys. I hate to I hate to say this, but you know, based on COVID and all this other stuff, uh, it looks like this is going to be you know uh, the the issue we're going to be dealing with. We're going to go in this full steam. We're going to make this an exciting event. It's going to be great. Uh, I think you're going to get the most out of the people that you have. But if you, look, if you want to roll in with you know one less person per team, and that saves you some money, know that the capacity issues are going to be lessened. Maybe you'll save some money that way. But afterwards, we'll talk and we'll figure out a way to make you guys whole. Now, if you were to tell me going into some of these situations that I was going to fa- be faced with twenty percent as versus 100 i definitely would have said to a couple team members hey sit this one out we don't need as much coverage i'm going to save some money on travel i'm going to save some money on food i'm going to save some money on things that are you know not spent maybe i'll get a a flight reimbursement etc you would have saved me money but you went in going with the expectation that this is going to be what we sold you and i did and you knew that that wasn't going to happen you could have saved me money there i mean like no one's done that ever in in, in an event i've (laughs) never experienced you know a a short of maybe someone who was at ces reading you know watching the news uh seeing (laughs) as their you know event just everyone pulls out but like they never the 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 proactivity that's possible it it would take it would take so little any one of those things to stand out Uh, all of those things and you would be like you know the thing that someone's like sign me up for 20 years yep totally um, yeah, I, I think I only got one more tip probably left in me. You got any more tips that you'd have for, uh, solutions for planners who are facing with this today? I mean, no, I mean, the summary is be, you know, communicate and be proactive. That's what I was going to say. hundred percent. Like I, my solution, I think based on all the feedback that you've given is you got to communicate, you got to communicate, you got to communicate. Like, and, and that like saying it three times, makes it sound like, oh, there's so much communication. Just have a post event meeting people. Yeah. Just start with that step. Put a, a post event survey together as well. And, you know, and then the last little bit is don't hesitate to have an honest conversation. I get how hard it is to lead up to it, right? You don't want to spook a sponsor. You don't want to, you know, do all things. It would, like Nick said, he would be blown away if he can drop some of it. But that's a smart decision to do too. But at minimum, acknowledge what happened. And I think that you can go so much further that way as well. Yeah. No one's like, you know, what if, if I don't, if I don't tell them it was a, the event didn't have the attendance, then they might not know it, and then they might not want their money. That, that's not a real situation. If a tree but, falls in the woods, <laughs> does anyone hear it? <laughs> yeah, I think that there's some weird feeling. It's like, what if if we if I have the conversation that the attendance was low, then it becomes real. It's like uh, they they know, you know, like I, I, I'm not advocating for like if you don't meet, you know, twenty five percent down or twenty percent down. I'm, I'm saying if it's like a a critical 
percentage, you know, in attendance difference, you know, because you're experiencing that pain too. And I think maybe that's part of the problem too, to like have some empathy for the, uh, just for a second for the, uh, you know, the planners is the fact that like their attendance was down, that, that there's a lot of other things that likely sure. that they were hurt on and that, you know, having, you know, getting that event out of their system and forgetting about that event and moving on feels good. But yeah, what it true. does is you're, you're taking that, you know, feels good, uh, you know, feels less bad. Uh, and you're sacrificing your future for that. Like you, you don't take these people for granted because everyone, everything is being reevaluated right now. Every dollar is being reevaluated now. Habits are broken. And just because you've always been there doesn't mean you're going to be there in, in the future. It, it's all up for grabs, but the bar is really low to be excellent. I mean, that, that's the, one of my biggest reasons why I like preach being excellent, you know, with teams I'm in is that most of the world isn't, you know, so it's like (laughs) it it shocks people when they experience excellent customer service because it's still, you know, like the reason like I think of I was thinking of Zappos as well is because there's only so many of those companies in in all of the uh, markets and all of the industries. And uh, if you could be the one that's a fraction of that in, in yours, you're probably way further ahead. I couldn't agree anymore. Well, that sounds like a good end to an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it ended positive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's still a good topic. I mean, like, here's the thing, guys. We're all going through stress. So I'm I'm so sorry if this literally just raised your blood pressure. Look down your Apple Watch. What's your heart rate yeah. right now? I'm so sorry if it's a little higher right now. It's mine. You know, but take some breathing exercise and recognize that it's going to be all okay. And that, you know, I think the reason why we do these episodes, too, is that we – we we totally get it. We are like you, but we want to help you think raw and critical about what you do. And that's what Event Brew is all about, you know, is we're going to say the things that no one else is saying, which is like everybody else is saying, like, yeah, you can do it. Just keep pushing on. We'll eventually get through this. But, you know, in the meantime, too, you sometimes need Uncle uh, Event Brew to come and kick your butt <laughs> and tell you, tell you to and splash some coffee in your face to say, wake up. And like there's at least st- some small steps that don't cost you any money that you can do in order to help save and make your life a lot easier or at least yeah. your planning process easier. We say we're a creative industry, but, you know, to me, true creativity is being able to be able to be a problem solver no matter what's thrown at you. And uh, we got a lot of problems thrown at us. There's a lot of opportunities to rise to that creative uh, space that we're, you know, supposedly in. Uh, you know, I, I take I take it for granted that that we're, you know, we're problem solvers. And uh, this is one where it's it's a, it's an easy fix. You know, just don't take people for granted. True. So true. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure getting to do this uh, this episode with you. And, uh, yeah. you know, a hot take. I like it a lot. So um, quick email from everybody. If you want to shoot us an email at ventbrew at helloendless.com, let us know. Did you hate this episode? Do you wish it was? <laughs> do you, did you, did we Subject piss you line. Off? I hated um, this. <laughs> I hated this. We're always happy to hear from you. But also hear your thoughts, too. If you've gone through something similar as an exhibitor or as a planner, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Go straight to our Slack channel that we all see, and we respond to every single one of your emails. So eventbrew at helloendless.com or hashtag eventbrew on social media. I'm a little bit less – I'm a little flakier on social media, so I admit. But email, you send an email, we'll see it right away. <laughs> All right, Nick, should we get out of here? Yeah. Enjoy our sparkling waters and our matchas a little bit longer. Let's do those things. (laughs) All right, everyone. Have a great day. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to everyone in the audience for listening as well. And we'll see you in the next cup of hot coffee to the face on Event Brew next time. Have a good one, everybody. (laughs) Event Brew. 
Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode, ask a follow-up question, or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew.